I lost consciousness again, wake, waking up to even greater pain in my head, shoulder, neck, and bladder. I need to use the bathroom, I called out. I tried banging on the door for 20 minutes until I couldn't wait any longer, deciding then to pace the floor for two minutes before peeing in the drain at the center of the floor. Two minutes came and went, and I unzipped my fly. Having taken care of that job, I felt a little better. But then, my thoughts went back to my friends, and a wave of panic came over me. Muffled voices behind the door caught my attention. Keys jangled, and the door slid open. The blonde-haired guy stood there, staring at me with a disgusted look in his face. Beside him was an armed soldier. Beside the soldier stood Maxime, who looked sad in a way I'd never seen her. Relief poured over me, and I felt myself relax. That is, until embarrassment made me blush, since I had to have seriously looked like crap. There could be no doubt the room smelled at least vaguely of urine, so I wanted to get out of there before she connected that telltale smell with me. I'll come with you, I said, eager to get out of the cell. Maxine gave me a quick nod. The blonde guy jerked his head toward the end of the building where I had been led before. I felt like a scared little kid, wanting to sob and hug Max all at the same time. Instead, I walked and tried to hold my head up with some dignity. Looking over my shoulder, I caught Maxine glancing into the massive area where all the soldiers were lined up and seated in the reclining chairs like bizarre wax figures on display. Seconds later, we walked into the brightly lit room I had been in earlier. In front stood the woman who called herself Queen. If anything, she looked more beautiful and powerful than the first time I had seen her. Yet now, she looked strangely familiar to me. Concussions play tricks on the mind, and I knew enough to know my head wasn't right. I looked over to Maxine standing next to me and blinked, then blinked again. It couldn't be. For a split second, I imagined the queen standing next to me. I blinked again, seeing Maxine. I turned back to the queen and saw her again. Hello, Maxine, said the queen in an icy voice. Hello, mother, Maxine replied coolly. I thought you were dead. I watched, entranced by it all, so similar, yet so completely different. I was, said the queen. At least, I was dead to how desperately I needed a fresh start and how much the world craved remaking. That's not your job, Max snapped. Someone needed to do it, the queen, the queen replied dismissively. So you faked your death and abandoned your family, Max countered. I see you're still angry with me, my dear. You're pretty and smart, but that temper of yours... Now you know what, Max interrupted. I'm not angry. I see now it wasn't my fault you kissed me once a year and only on my birthday. Like some kind of ceremony. Only a lunatic would treat her daughter that way. In time, you see the wisdom of my actions, the queen said flatly. You faked your death. Your family mourned you. And now you stand here judging me when it's you who needs to be judged. I have no time for this, Maxine. I was hoping you had grown up and could reason as an adult. Let's hear it then. Tell me why you wiped out most of the world's population. Think of it as a new age, unencumbered by old prejudices, false religions, and competing ideologies. It's still mass murder, Max said quietly. The Queen shrugged. We've hit the restart button on the world, Maxine, and I won't apologize for that. On the contrary, I am rather proud. History will be kind to me. Mother, what would Dad say? He's a sentimental fool. Where is he? Max asked. I would very much like to know, he said. No, you need something from him. I see you still have a wild imagination. Max snapped her fingers. You need his help, that's it. Still daddy's girl. He's a smart guy, Max said triumphantly. I won't argue with you there. You have to release my friends, mother. I see no reason to. They saved my life. Sounds noble. The problem is, one is finishing phase two of his training. He looked at me. The other is useless. Neither is a person of distinct distinction. That much is clear. Let them go, Max persisted. They will play their parts. I'll help you find Dad if you let them go, Max blurted. Just then the tall blonde hair walked in. 
We're under attack, my queen. An air assault. The queen turned to Max. You'll be safe if you stay here. They left Max and me in the room, and only then did I hear the buzzing sound coming from the far wall. Max slid her hand in front of a screen, but nothing happened. She looked around the room, walked over to a lectern, picked up a pair of thin gloves and pulled them on. They looked like gloves worn for a formal ball back in the day, only they weren't for a ball. Max walked over to the screen once more and waved her hands. This time, the entire wall shimmered to reveal a massive glass observation beehive behind it. Your mom's a beekeeper too? I asked, unable to hide my surprise. My mom is into a lot of stuff, Max said, gesturing and flicking her fingers as numbers and icons appeared around us in holographic displays. I stood transfixed bet between two scenes, the massive beehive literally crawling with life behind the wall on one side, and the elaborate 3D displays in front and around us as Max searched through files and databases on the holographic platform. And it looked like she really knew what she was doing. I stared open-mouthed. Max, so are you like a hacker or something? One second, Yuli, Max said as she flicked another section of screen away. Outside explosions rocked the base. Ins inside, dust rained down on, on us from the ceiling as the entire structure of the building seemed to sway. I was just about to tell Max it was time to go when I looked over at one of the images she had at large. A live onboard cockpit camera and a helicopter. The helmeted pilot's face fierce in the heat of air combat. Hey, that looks like... Xavier, Max said. Wait, what? Xavier's a freaking pilot now? Max waved her hand, making all 3D displays disappear. She turned and grabbed me by the hand. Time to go, Yuli. Max pulled me out of the room and into the hallway. It was chaos with blinking lights and wires hanging down from the ceiling. In a corner, I saw the start of an electrical fire as sparks jumped from a terminal. I saw no people until we rounded a corner and were met with a machine gun blast of bullets smacking into the wall just over our heads. We ducked back beyond the corner and made our way to the nearest door. I pushed through the door and was relieved to see we were outside, but as the door clanged shut behind us, I realized we were locked in a fencing compound with a with razor wire double thick along the top of the entire fence. Get us out of here, Max. Max already had an image of virtual blueprints in front of us. Flipping her fingers as she scrolled and spun the sections of the building until she found the compound we were locked in. Try the door, Max told me. I ran over and yanked open the door. Open the door. Let's go, I yelled. We made it back into the hallway just as a platoon of soldiers came into view at the end of the hall. Distract them, Yuli. Well, I ain't gonna dance for them, Max. The Max was already searching through hologram blueprints. She, she pulled up in another door, and we stepped inside the confined space, a closet with an access ladder to the roof. Max began to climb, and I followed. When did Xavier become a pilot? This afternoon, Max called down. This afternoon, I mean, that's normal. But just then, a steady stream of bullets tore through the metal door behind us. A couple ricocheted off the metal ladder, sending vibrations up to the metal ladder as we gripped for dear life. That was a little close, I yelled. Keep climbing, Max yelled down to me. Easier for you to say, I'm down here. But I kept climbing, and pretty soon Max had popped the hatch, letting in a stream of sunlight. I looked up and saw Max had made it onto the roof. I joined her, slamming the hatch and jamming a piece of rebar through the hatch's locking mechanism in the hopes it would buy us some time. I figured the soldiers would follow us to the roof any second. It was more like five seconds until gunfire erupted around the hatch and holes appeared in the roof around us. Max and I ran to the edge of the roof, trying to get as far as we could from the soldiers before they joined us there. The thwomp of helicopter rotors and engine whine overwhelmed us as a massive helicopter suddenly appeared above the treetops, reared toward us, and hovered just a couple of feet above the rooftop. The pilot turned and grinned at me. Xavier! I yelled as I climbed into the helicopter. 
He winked at me like he did this every day and twice on Sundays. But then I looked out in horror as Max stood facing the soldiers who were scurrying out of the hatch about a hundred yards away. They aimed their rifles at us. Bullets whacked the helicopter's metal airframe. Max! I screamed. Max dropped her arm as ten of the soldiers dropped to the ground, lying motionless as if someone had switched them off. Max boarded the helicopter and sat in the web seat beside me as Xavier cut the stick and lurched the helicopter to the left, avoiding a rocket screaming past us as we banked, gaining altitude fast. As we flew towards the mountains, I must confess, the only thing I could think of was how I had the dopest friends in the world.